Welcome back everyone to the student athlete series. Today we have some Canadian national team representation with Andrew Coe, but we'll get to him in just a little bit. Uh, but we've got someone joining us in on the intro today, who you may remember from last episode, Kieran Corey. So he's going to be going to be talking a little bit about, um, you know, some Canadian athlete representation uh, ever since sports came back. So Kieran, how's it going? I've been good, man. Uh, yeah. Had a, had a lot of fun last time on here, so I'm glad I can can help you out again. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's it's gonna be fun. I'm, I don't know why, but my uh, I just feel like I can't. T- I don't talk about sports enough around here. Like I just, yeah. I, I'm not. I don't know. It's just I don't know what's going on. But I, I need to to get all this all this stuff out of my head so I can you know I won't go crazy. So um, you know, obviously, Canadian Canadian athletes have been pretty good since. Um, you know, the pandemic, not the pandemic started, but sports came back after the pandemic shutdown happened. So, um, you know, we're going to first start, start off in the NFL. So Chase Claypool has been dominating, maybe not against the Titans on Sunday, but, um, you know, he he had a great start to the season. He was an Abbotsford, BC native, uh, really good in the first games, but his coming out party was against the Eagles in week five. Uh, he had four touchdowns and 110 yards. So, um, Kieran, what have you liked about his game so far? Well, uh, I thought overall the Steelers have been really, really good, and their defense has been good, which is creating a ton of their offense. And um, Claypool, he's big, he's strong, he's quick. Uh, Tomlin seems to love him. He goes to him a ton in the red zone. That's why he had that four-touchdown game. He re- even rushed one, and he didn't catch all four. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he's definitely emerged as like a first or second option out there, which is uh, good for Juju in a sense, because I feel like through a few of those games, Juju had a ton of pressure on him or put a ton of pressure on himself to succeed. And with uh, two threats for Big Ben to throw to, it definitely helps a ton. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I mean, he's making the, the most of, you know, being in this on this really good team, right? The Steelers are the only undefeated team so left in the NFL right now. Um, and yeah, he's making the most of it. So, you know, good for Chase Claypool, but, uh, we'll kind of shift over to the NBA where Jamal Murray had a pretty good season, uh, in the bubble, in the NBA bubble in Orlando. So, um, you know, what have you liked about Jamal Murray so far? Well, uh, when Jamal got his, his contract extension, everybody was kind of, uh, speculating about whether or not he was going to live up to the hype, whether or not he was going to be that, that star point guard that everybody's been talking about. Um, I don't know if he's quite at a, at a star level yet. Uh, he definitely did play very well in the bubble, having, having that three-game span of like 142 points, which is, which is kind of crazy to close out the Jazz series. And he, he averaged over 25. He had 26 in the playoffs, almost seven assists, almost five rebounds. He, he was playing really well. Uh, well, they, the Nuggets obviously both, uh, it twice came back from from three one, which is very very hype. And I think Jamal's gonna have a good season coming this year. Um, little little uh, thing on Jamal though, his defense definitely needs to get a little better in order 
for him to be considered a star or an all-star in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, he did have a pretty crazy playoff run, beating the two favorites to win to win it all. Or sorry, competing against the two fa- favorites, beating one of them, and taking yeah. them to seven, which is which is very fun to see. Yeah, that LA uh, series, I was very surprised that they came back. I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to do that, um, but they made it through, and I was very happy. I'm a pretty big Jokic fan as well. Jokic um, is hype. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to debate whether I should get a Jokic jersey or a Murray jersey, but um, yeah, I mean, like Canadian or just beast passer, right? I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know, when I play basketball, I'm, I'm Jokic, honestly. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. No, uh, that big playmaker. Oh, yeah, big playmaker. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's great for him, Kitchener, Ontario native. Um, and also, switching over to golf, we got Corey Connors. He, um, I mean, recently at the Zozo, he, he played pretty well, uh, tied for eight, that under 18. So, um, you know, have you been following um, him as much as some of the other leagues? And, and what have you kind of thought of his place uh, as of late? Well, I've just kind of gotten into the whole golfing thing and uh, following a bunch of the Canadians. I love I love Mackenzie Hughes. He's he's good. I think Corey Connors could be really good. They're still both young. They're still in their twenties still, which is which is good to see. Corey won uh, uh, last year, I think, at the Texas Open. Uh, he came first, and uh, of his top ten finishes, three of them have been like first, second, and third, which is good to see. But uh, I think he has a long way to go. He isn't in. He isn't in the top fifty for those like major stats like driving distance, accuracy, green regulation, percentage, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I think I think as a Canadian golfer aspiring to to get better, I think he can definitely do it. Yeah, and uh, he's ranked a lot lower than Mackenzie Hughes, isn't he? Yes, this yeah. year. This year, I think last year Hughes was ranked higher, but uh, yeah. this year Corey Connors has come out and and played very well. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's good to see that representation in, in golf as well. Uh, you know, obviously we see it in hockey a lot. Um, but also, switching back to the NFL, actually, um, Neville Gallimore. And maybe I only, maybe I only, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys, like your, uh, your team, Cordy. Maybe I only clicked on his name because he has the same name. But little did you know, you know, he was a third round pick in the 2020 NFL draft. He also went to the Canada Prep Academy right here in Niagara, so you learn something every day. Uh, maybe maybe um, help our defense problem. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a problem there for the Cowboys. Not the biggest football fan, as you know, but um, you know you've been you've been getting me into it a little bit this year, which yeah. is which is fun. Um, so also in tennis, we've had lots of good representation in tennis. Um, so starting off with the best male tennis Canadian tennis player right now, uh, Dennis Shapovalov. So um, he was able to get to the quarterfinals in the U S open where he was upset by Pablo Carina Busta. Um, and the love thing it. with this, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you like that uh, pronunciation. I love it. And I think, I mean, he played fantastic. I think that was a pretty good, um, pretty good run for him at the u.s open obviously because it's a grand slam but i could tell when when shapovalov is playing well he's he doesn't um you know he keeps his his composure but when he's not i feel like he gets pretty heated and you can tell on that in that quarterfinal game against karina busta um he was not you know 
he was getting pretty frustrated. He was getting pretty heated a lot of the times. He was yelling. So, um, you know, I mean, it was awesome to see him go that far. It was unfortunate that he couldn't make it to maybe the semis or the finals. But um, either way, it was a really good run by, by Chapeau. So, um, young too, right? Like, oh, yeah. I remember him being an 18-year-old. He was, he was winning – or he was winning then. So Yeah, he's still, he's still a super young. He was really good in junior as well. Um, but also, he, he also got to the semifinals of an ATP 500 tournament, the St. Petersburg Open. Yeah. Thought this was kind of going to be his tournament, honestly. Um, and he is part Russian. Uh, and so I thought he would kind of go back to Russia and it would be a, a great storyline. But it wasn't quite his day and uh, lost in the semifinals against Andre Rublev, who was ranked one lower than him in the tournament. Good. So it's nice to see a little bit of or hopefully a Canadian can take one of those one day. Uh, yeah, I can't get too upset with a semifinals loss. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I just, I think of the storyline, I'm like, oh, he was part Russian, going back to Russia. It would have been nice, but uh, it's all right. Yeah, so, yeah, he lost in the semifinals there. Uh, he only has one ATP Tour win, although he's ranked 12th. Uh, but you got to think that he's going to, you know, pull one out real soon. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, for sure. And he also released a couple songs uh, during the pandemic. <laughs> He's a rapper, yeah. Uh, <laughs> got nitrate on re- repeat. No, not actually, but um, he's uh, on the mix. It, yeah, I mean, good for him, like kind of getting out of his comfort zone, you know, why not? Um, and uh, also Felix Oje Aliassime. So he's also he's, uh, Canada's third ranks um, uh, tennis player. So it goes uh, Denis Shapovalov, Milos Raonic, and then Felix Ojeda-Aliassim, he was able to make his mark um, in the back-to-back Cologne championships. Um, So Cologne won and Cologne two. Cologne won. He was able to get his first to get to the finals against uh, Alexander Zverev for the first tournament, and I thought this this was a pretty good uh, result for him. You know, Zverev was ranked a lot higher than him. Um, Obviously, he did lose in the in the finals, um, but he he beat some pretty big guys on the way there. So. Hats off to Felix, and then and then again in Cologne too. Uh, they were back-to-back tournaments this year, so um, he made it to the semifinals against Argentinian Diego Schwartzman before he lost in three sets to him. So either way, though, it was a it was a fantastic run by him. He had some really good uh, results, and you also got to think that he's going to be winning something pretty soon. So hats off to Felix. I'd love to see that. Oh yeah, I love love when Canadian tennis players you know, finally win an ATP, ATP tour just because, or even, you know, make a good push in Grand Slam because, um, you know, Nadal, Djokovic, and uh, Mr. Federer are kind of just dominating. Other than other than Don, Dominic Team winning the 2020 U.S. Open, the last guy who wasn't one of those three guys to win a major was Stan Wawrinka in uh, 2016. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, I know Bianca out till twenty twenty one. So hopefully she'll make she'll uh, keep pushing those those majors uh, in in twenty twenty one, assuming that those will be happening and all. Um, but we'll also mention Milos. He was also at the St. Petersburg Open. He made it to the semifinals. Um, also fell in those semifinals, but uh, you know a good showing by Milos. So good to see we'll, after a few down years too. Yeah, exactly. I love that uh that little clip of uh 
I don't know if you've seen it, but Jay and Dan always put this clip whenever Milos Raonic wins. He they uh they put this clip and it says another win for Milos and it's him saying it. I'll uh, I'll post it or it's show great. you yeah, sometime. It. Oh, it's hilarious. I love those guys. They're so goofy, but uh yeah. So we'll we'll switch yeah. over to the WTA. Um, Layla Fernandez is trying to make her mark as a pro. Uh, she was able to get to the third round of the French Open at Roland Garros um, as an 18-year-old. This is pretty pretty promising for the future of women's tennis in Canada. And uh, Jeannie, she actually, like Layla, was able to get to the third round of the French Open. It was her first thir- third round appearance uh, at a major since 2017. There you go. There we go, Jeannie. Yeah, there you go. And uh, apparently she's dating Mason Rudolph. I saw that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it, though. So I missed my shot? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of sucks. A little bit too late for that, but oh well. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's it's been a pretty good uh, you know, return to play for Canadians. And uh, of course, Canadian, uh, probably the most watched sport by Canadians this year is the hockey, uh, the hockey return to play is a great format, but also 14, 14 Canadians on the Stanley Cup winning roster uh, were on the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Stamkos gets it up. Oh, I know. I was so glad that Stamkos was able to make a mark there, just because, yeah. like, just I mean, Barry then leave. <laughs> yeah, just Barry. <laughs> I think, I think it was right before he scored that goal where he got injured. I'm not totally sure if that's right, but he like just like. I'm, I can't even remember. He, like, twisted something wrong or something. He's, I think he said something, like, tore. He's still buried. <laughs> he, I love it. He's still yeah. yeah, it was a nice goal, too. Great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's just about it for uh, Canadian athlete representation. So, uh, Kieran, thanks for joining the intro, and and uh, I'm sure we'll see you on here soon. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. yeah. And with that, we'll send it over to Andrew Coe. All right, guys, today we have a special guest joining the series today. You may have seen him as a Thunderbird back at UBC a few years ago or representing the senior Canadian men's rugby team since 2017. So welcome to the Student Athlete Series, Andrew Coe. How's it going? Not too bad. Thanks for having me, Neville. Yeah, of course. Where are you cooped up right now? Uh, I'm in Victoria. We train uh, full-time out of uh, Langford, BC. So uh, I live in Victoria for the, for the time being. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so, like, how is COVID out there? I know, like, Ontario, it's, I mean, where I am, it's not too good, but how is it out there in BC? Um, it's not as bad as Ontario, but we still have cases. Being on Vancouver Island, it's a lot uh, more tame. I think there's only maybe five to ten cases on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, not, nothing compared to the thousand cases in, uh, in Ontario. But yeah. uh, my parents, my parents are in, up in Markham. So I still get all the updates from them as in terms of how Ontario is doing. Yeah, it's it seems kind of like a mess here. Honestly, it's uh, it's not looking too good. But no. um, you know, it's I'm glad that you got you guys are still able to train lots. Um, we'll kind of get into that actually a little bit later. But um, you know, we try to you know learn a little bit about the student athletes when they come on. Obviously, you were um, you're a former student athlete. Uh, you were a UBC Thunderbird for uh, four years. So, but before we get into that, you know, when did you first start playing rugby? 
Um, I would have been 10 playing. Uh, first started with the Markham Irish. They were actually just Markham Rugby Club uh, back when I started playing. Um, and then I was 13. Yeah, 13 when I started playing for Rugby Ontario. And then uh, I was 15 when I started playing age grade Canada stuff. But, um, you know, I've, I've jumped around a bunch of different teams growing up. Uh, Markham Irish, I played for Bill Crothers High School. Um, and then that's how I made my way into uh, the UBC Thunderbirds team. Right. So when did you exactly realize that you wanted to compete at a higher level than just um, competitive rugby during your youth? Um, well, I, I want to say I was about 17 when I started looking um, you know, at universities, that's when people usually start thinking about applying and where you're going to apply. And then I started getting offers from different universities for scholarships. And that that's when I sort of realized, oh, I can make something out of uh, out of rugby and get some money out of it, get some scholarship money and it'll help me, um, you know, get through university, pay through university. Uh, then probably after my second year of university is when I started getting looks for Canada. And that's when I really realized that, um, you know, I could actually make a career out of it. Right. So did you ever have like a, a welcome to the show type moment, um, whether that was representing Canada or at some point during your time at UBC? Um, well, there's a couple I, to this day. I mean, sometimes I get taken aback by, <laughs> you know, the players that I'm playing against, but, um, at UBC, one specific moment stands out is, uh, I was playing against James Bay and they had Connor Braid playing, who's played for Canada for 10 years and he was coming off an injury. So he decided to play against this university team. <clears throat> and we were matched up on the wing and I just remember the pain of him just running me over and then he went to score a try and I got up after it I missed the tackle and I got up and I was like oh my god that's you know Connor Braid running me over and it, it hurt for a couple minutes after that yeah. no I bet I mean I was kind of afraid of that like a lot of the time I mean I'm a pretty ho pretty big hockey fan and a lot of the like, you know, um, of these players and rookies are like, oh, you know, when did you realize you're really in the NHL? You know, they get barreled over by like, you know, some guy who's been in the league forever. It's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like you're happy it happened, but like during the moment you're like, oh my gosh, that is not. Uh, <laughs> it's it's very humbling. You, you know, there's some bigger name out there and they're, you know, destroy you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's, I would not been, want to be in your position there, but, uh, you know, obviously, no. yeah. But uh, so we'll kind of get into a little bit of intercollegiate uh, rugby experience. Obviously, you're, you, you were a UBC Thunderbird. Um, so during your the recruitment process, were there any other schools that you had interest in going to? And why did you think being a Thunderbird was the right choice for you? Um. I, yeah, there were a couple other schools. Um, McMaster was probably second on my list. Uh, they, they, I thought, had a great rugby program. I was in commerce, so they had a good business program as well. Um, I also was thinking about going to Queens. 
Um, unfortunately, I didn't get into the commerce program at Queen's, but they had such a good rugby program that's been dominant in Ontario. That really drove me to, uh, you know, think seriously about Queen's despite not getting into the commerce program. But uh, ultimately, UBC, I knew I was going to have to move out west because all, you know, professional sort of rugby is centered out west. So I knew I had to move to BC at some point. So I thought might as well, um, you know, make the commitment and go for university. UBC had an amazing rugby program, uh, you know, one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country. And their commerce program was, you know, top three in the country as well. So I couldn't really, uh, you know, it sold itself essentially going to UBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't complain. I mean, those are all really good schools. UBC, obviously, really good academically as well as, um, you know, sports-wise. But, yeah, you, like you said, uh, rugby is clearly pretty strong out, um, out west of BC. But what was the rival- rivalry like between uh, UBC and the UVic Bikes from your firsthand experiences? And are there any kind of memorable stories or, you know, heated moments during the two teams? It's biggest game of the year by far is, uh, you know, UVic. It's almost like the rest of the league doesn't matter at that point. You're just trying to gun after, um, you know, beating UVic. Because we play play in a league where it's a men's club league. And there's two universities in it. There's UVic and UBC. So we want to be known as the best university in Canada. And that implies beating UVic so that's the only game that matters and uh, thankfully throughout my time at UBC I never lost to UVic in a 15s game but I lost to UVic a lot in the sevens because they were still very dominant in sevens rugby at the time so uh, I would say the sevens got pretty heated Um, national championships we lost two before we finally won one in my third year and it made that victory in my third year that much sweeter you know yeah were there any other like you know crazy heated moments kind of thing or is it more just like you know the rivalry is just so strong so like competitive yeah there's well I mean there's probably a couple tussles here and there in uh, in the games um but that's the the good thing about rugby is after we 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 all share beer at the end and, and you know laugh it out. But um, you know one play really comes to mind. Uh, one of my buddies, Callie, who's on the team, and he is a big prop, big guy, and he laid out their winger like it was the biggest hit I've ever seen. And uh, obviously, Uvic didn't take liberty to that. So they, they came in and, um, you know, there's a couple of punches being thrown. And then once everything settled down, um, you know, game was over. We ended up winning, thankfully. And, uh, you know, we laughed about it afterwards. But, um, you know, there's definitely no love lost between Uvic and UBC. Yeah, for sure. And the thing with, like, rugby is that, I mean, if, you know, you kind of get mad at our player or something, it kind of, you just hit them harder, right? I mean, I played yeah, like a little, yeah. I'm not you, but I played a little bit in high school and, you know, it was pretty fun if like, you just didn't like someone on the other team, you could just try to barrel them over and, you know, you can get your anger out that way. 
Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So um, I think it's safe to say that, you know, UBC is dominant in post-secondary sports. Obviously, you need the talent, the skill, and the work ethic um, to be a Thunderbird. But is there a certain characteristic that UBC student-athletes have that separates them from the competition? Um, I'd say we're all pretty competitive. Uh, you know, we all strive to beat each other in literally anything from, you know, <laughs> stupid little warm-up games to... You know, academically, we strive to, you know, beat each other and who see who the smartest person is. You know, on the rugby field, we try and, you know, see who hits the hardest, see who has the best pass. Um, and you get you get kind of offended when you're not at the top, which is good because then it works, makes you work harder to uh, get to the top. But, um, you know, you got to be extremely competitive. Um, I think you have to be pretty ambitious. And uh, you definitely need a lot of time management skills because, you know, it's, it's tough just being a student athlete in general. You know, you have to manage practice, weight sessions, all, you know, you still have to go to class, you have lectures, you have labs, and then you have homework assignments. So you have to be pretty on top of your, your schoolwork too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously UBC is, like I said a little bit earlier, very strong academically. You have to be you know, at your top notch for, you know, sports wise and academics. So um, it's, it's great to hear that there's lots of different, you know, there's competition within the team though. I like that because, you know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, you have to, you can't only compete during games. You have to compete during practices, all that different stuff, which is you know, yeah. going to be making Canada, Canada sports even better in the future and hopefully we can be um, you know get stronger that way so we'll talk a little bit about um, you know your team Canada representation kind of life after UBC so you've been able to represent the Canadian national rugby team on many occasions um, but more recently in at the 2019 rugby world cup in Japan so what was it like to play in this type of atmosphere at a world cup game and what did you take away from the, the it, tournament? Oh, man, it was unreal. It was the whole – we were there for, I want to say, seven weeks, eight weeks, because we had a two-week prep camp beforehand just to get acclimatized to, you know, Japan. Uh, then we had the tournament, which was five weeks. And um, from start to finish, the Japanese people just put on such a show – uh, they loved having us. They were unbelievably you know, great hosts. Um, it, it just like it was by far the best experience I've I've ever had. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't even put words to it. It was just <laughs> yeah. yeah. They everything was top of the line. They people were bought into it because I feel like in in. North America, there's so many different sports that, you know, sometimes people don't really know what's going on. But for Japan, the whole country bought in for this one tournament and everyone knew what was going on. So everyone knew who you were, wherever you went. And um, they, they were more than happy to help share their culture with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you kind of had a little bit of celebrity status for those uh for those five weeks we, we did for sure and it's it, it was cool at times because I'm nowhere near you know a top name on the team 
but um, you know, people are following us, trying to get pictures with you know the the big bigger stars. And uh, um, we had one guy who played in Japan for a bit, and he's he's like a big rugby guy. He's probably like six five to I don't know fifty, like big guy. And people would just cling to him for photos, and we almost had to act as security guards to back people away from <laughs> them taking photos with them. Yeah, it's a good thing you guys are rugby players. You probably could, uh, you know, handle that security part. Um, so yeah, during, yeah, during a game against Italy, you're actually able to make your mark by scoring Canada's uh, only try of the game, despite unfortunately losing the game. Maybe not the outcome the team wanted uh, for the game. Although, did you feel a sense of relief by getting on the score sheet and making your mark? Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, at the time, in that moment when I scored, I was thrilled just for myself. But, uh, you know, it's, you look back up at the clock and we're still down, you know, a couple tries with late in the game trying to run a comeback. And, um, you know, you get back to work. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's bittersweet almost. I'm so happy that I was able to do it. And it was an awesome feeling. But at the end of the day, we lost. And, you know, that was probably our biggest game that we needed to play. And we needed to win. So, you know, being a team sport, you know, you, winning is the only thing and just because I succeeded in this one aspect doesn't uh you know make it that much better that we still lost so mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's tough it's tough yeah. and any sports the, the same way right a guy in, in hockey could have a hat trick and still lose the game and he's, he's going to be upset about it right yeah I mean I mean, during I saw your celebration. It looked uh, like you were very happy during the moment, obviously. But you know, obviously, ten seconds later, you're like, you know, we still got to get it going. Like, yeah, we, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. So um, obviously, you were able to go to Japan for the World, Rugby World Cup. But um, you know, have you ever kind of experienced like a culture shock where you where you traveled um, with other international competition or something was totally different, whether that was like the atmosphere um, in the stadium or just kind of something in society that was totally different? Oh yeah, everywhere. Everywhere we go, the culture is completely different. Um, you know, especially playing on the seven circuit, we have 16 teams from all over the world come to one tournament. And, you know, they all share their different cultures. We stay in the same hotel. So we see, you know, how these, uh, these other teams live. Right. Um, so, yeah, like every team has their own thing. You know, you look at the Argentinian team. <clears throat> they eat, and I've been to Argentina as well. And they eat dinner at 12 o'clock at night. They, <laughs> they eat dinner at midnight. And, you know, that completely throws me sideways because I eat dinner at like seven o'clock and I think that's normal and I can wait till till midnight or you look at the Fijian team is probably the best example the Fijian team I remember is my first tournament and we were sharing a change room and the Fijian team is one of the best in the world and before the game I'm just like hanging out in the change room <laughs> they're getting ready to play, go play their game and they start singing. They're in a huddle and they start singing and they start praying and it's very respectful and they're 
honestly great singers way better than I am <laughs> but it's just something it's that culture that I I don't see and I wouldn't have had the opportunities to see without rugby so I'm very thankful for that uh, whole education in terms of meeting other people's cultures mm-hmm. yeah I mean one of the one of the coolest things obviously about you know representing team Canada you get to travel to different places and you know, experience different things which is you know obviously yeah. pretty cool for you um so it's honestly it's a, yeah you know well, i'm just saying it, it's when we do travel to other places it you know you really want to try and immerse yourself in the culture so going to japan you know we tried to do anything we could to you know immerse ourselves in the japanese culture we ate a lot of sushi i'll tell you that yeah. um but it's also important to you know stay locked in for the game so we try not to try too many different things or else <laughs> our, our our game's going to be thrown off yeah fair enough yeah how how's the sushi compared to canada sushi Un- unbelievable we had sushi almost almost every for sure for every dinner yeah. and then you know probably 50% of the lunches we had sushi as well oh man i would i'd enjoy that for sure yeah. it's it's all the same here on res it's it's just it's burgers and fries basically that's, that's yeah, yeah exactly it's yeah, not like or, all you can eat sushi no yeah there's maybe there's like one of those like tiny little bento box things with like six pieces of sushi but i i don't think i've ever gotten one of those <laughs> yeah. yeah so um you know on this on this student athlete series we you know, try to focus on student athletes with a, you know, with a Canadian focus, obviously. So what is your favorite part of putting on that Team Canada rugby jersey and representing your country? Um, it's, it's unreal. I, I don't take it for granted. Um, you know, I take probably a minute before I put it on and just try and think about everyone who's helped me along the way. You know, my, my parents, my sister, my family, my friends, all the coaches, teachers, you know, everyone who's supported me and helped me, um, you know, I try and think about them and, um, you know, before I put on the jersey and uh, it comes with a sense of pride as well. Um, you know, you don't want to let anybody down and you know that if, if you don't perform, then the next guy is going to come in and, and take your spot. So you really need to, um understand that you're you're just a custodian of the jersey and you're putting it on and representing the 37 odd million people um who live in canada and it's 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 a very special moment every time we get given a jersey mm-hmm. right so so in terms right now um you know what's kind of happening with practicing and training i know you said uh you know you're full-time still training yeah we're full time in the sense that you know we're still training four days a week but we're not allowed the same number of sessions so uh i think we only have three weight room and three um field sessions but that's you know half as much as we would normally do um you know because covid restrictions we're only allowed inside the building for a certain period of time so we take that time to work out but um, starting in November, we're going to be running a camp. Um, so that'll be full time. There'll be, you know, six, seven days a week. Um, 
where we have two sessions a day, one weight room session a day, you know, all the physio and stuff. So it'd be nice to get back into playing rugby. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of read about that camp a little bit. So, um, so who's invited to that camp? Is it kind of the senior men's and then, you know, who else are there just specific people they kind of invite? Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a full national team camp because there's a lot of guys who play pro overseas. And obviously if you bring someone in from overseas, they have to quarantine for two weeks. So it's only guys who are based in Canada and they're giving shots to a couple, a couple young guys to see, you know, how they're, how they perform. Um, so it's, uh, it's a camp that Canadian players come to or people based in Canada to, uh, you know, get some rugby in because for the most part, nobody's played rugby in, you know, in a game in eight, nine months. So, um, you know, it'd be fun. We have a couple of inter-squad games. It'd be fun to, uh, to, to get that going. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. So in terms of competition, um, do you have any, I, I, any idea when we might see a, a Team Canada rugby game or is it pretty unclear for now? Um, I guess it's, it's a waiting game, just like everyone in the world is sort of waiting to see what <laughs> happens next. Um, yeah, but they've, they've released tentative plans to start in April. So the first tournament is going to be in April and then it'll build from there all the way to the Olympics in July. But um, yeah, you know, that could change in an instant who, you know, we'll see, but let's plan for April. That's what everyone's sort of gearing up towards. And then we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that does, hopefully I can come and come and see you guys play. uh, If, if there is anything in Canada, um, Obviously, yeah. I'll tend to different now, but uh, so what has kept you busy during the pandemic? Whew. Um, I've I've been reading a lot. It's good. <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently making my way through Grey's Anatomy, which is that's a commitment. <laughs> yeah, there's like 15 seasons on Netflix. Yeah, 25 episodes a season. <laughs> so I'm only on season four. We'll see. We'll see how we go with that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay focused (laughs) with rugby, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's tough when we are not playing till April. So, um, you know, I'm trying to build, build a career as best I can. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been boring, just like everyone else, you know, a lot of Netflix, a lot of books. Yeah, that's good. I I mean, I know I, I've, I've definitely had a, a bad balance of way too much Netflix and, and not enough reading, but you know, <laughs> the school's back. Yeah. So hopefully that, I, I mean, obviously it's keeping me busy, but um, yeah, yeah I, that's... I had to delete TikTok off my phone because I was spending <laughs> way too much time on TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is, it's destroying me. I can't even like watch a full movie anymore. I swear it's like TikToks are like the, like TikTok and like Instagram, it's just like, you know, 15 second video. So I can't even get through like a full yeah. movie now. It's so bad, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, on Netflix, Happy Gilmore is added, so that that definitely kept me. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's that a good thing. one. Yeah, but um, Andrew, that's just about it. So, we I appreciate you got you coming on and and spending some time on the student athlete series, and you know, hopefully, I can see a a Team Canada game, you know, with you on it. Hopefully, sometime soon. Maybe that's hopefully, April. Yeah, not sure when, but 
no, thanks for coming on again and we'll talk soon. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Student Athlete Series. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and to follow us on Instagram at Student Athlete Series, which is also in the description. We'll see you in the next episode. Turns in the first lane. Sharara will be swimming in gold medals from this weekend. She's just been untouchable.